0: جزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته
1: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على سيد الرسول وخاتم الانبياء وعلى اله واصحابه الاتقياء اما بعد today we start a new class We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah in these gatherings and allows the ilm to penetrate deep into our hearts. This class will take us through the stories of the companions, the greatest generation to walk on this earth after the prophets. They were praised in the Quran and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam departed from this world in a state of being pleased with them. So when we say their names respectfully, we add radiyallahu anhu wa radhu anhu. Allah was pleased with the individual and they were also pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The purpose of this class is to find inspiration in their stories, to learn lessons, to see what they did that made them so special and dear to Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The purpose of studying this class is to reflect on how we can improve. How can we grow like them? How can we be like them? In one ayah of the Qur'an, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, while praising the companions and mentioning their reward, He said, those who follow them in excellence, telling us that the reward reserved for the companions, inshaAllah, will be shared by those who followed their example. They were blessed by Allah and they were lucky to be alive during the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But then being with the Prophet of Allah, as great of an opportunity it was, it was equally a great test. Because being alive during the life of Rasulullah wasallam and rejecting his message would make you the greatest kafir, just as believing in him would make you the greatest believer. One time a sahabi overheard another person saying that I wish I was alive during the time of the Prophet of Allah. So this sahabi turned to him and said, do you even know what that meant? Do you know the sacrifices that we had to take on? The challenges involved. Every day and every night. The difficulties we had to endure to be from that group of people. Because life with Rasulullah was truly rewarding, but it involved a great sacrifice. And you'll see this common theme in the life of the companions that there was an ongoing sacrifice. And they weren't intimidated by those challenges. They weren't afraid of those challenges. They actually welcomed them, because they understood that through those difficulties, their value and their worth increased. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Similarly, Allah says in the Quran, that those who sacrificed and spent before the conquest of Makkah and those who came after are not the same that those who made their sacrifice and fought before and gave in the path of Allah before the conquest of Mecca, because at that time, Islam and Muslims were still a minority. It's when Muslims become a majority and they become now this powerhouse, this movement that it becomes easier to be a Muslim. But when Muslims are a minority, you have to really believe in your identity because you will be required to sacrifice. There are compromises. There are things that you will need to walk away from. There are luxuries that you won't be able to have. There are nights where you will sleep in pain. There are, there are job opportunities that will be stripped away from you. Being a Muslim will come with a cost, and that cost is in the dunya. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promise in the Quran is, wa in That if you are true believers, He will keep you high, He will keep you high, and you will always be elevated. Al In Kuntu Mu'minin. As we start this journey of studying the stories of the companions of Rasulullah, the first name to discuss and the top of this list is none other than Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq ta'ala anhu. Abu Bakr-Siddiq radiallahu an is a man with such great virtues that once you start listing them, you soon realize that this is almost a list that has no bottom to it. When I was studying the life of Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu and going through the various accounts of biographies and the books of a hadith trying to pull out the narrations of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Sadiq siddiq one thing that became clear to me, in order to cover his life, you had to cover the entire seerah because every significant part of his life was connected to a significant part of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu two stories were so deeply intimately intertwined that they could not be separated everything about Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an everything in his life was connected to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam everything was connected to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so let's get to know Abu Bakr Siddiq his birth name is Abdullah, Abdullah bin Uthman. He holds an honor that four generations of his were all Sahaba. His father becomes a Muslim after the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah, much later into the Prophet's life. When Nabi entered to Makkah Mukarramah for the conquest, and it was time for Abu Quhafa to become Muslim, he came to Rasulullah wasallam. At this point, Abu Quhafa was a very old man. His beard and all of the hair on his head were snow-white. So Rasulullah wasallam made two statements to him. The first thing that he said is, um, you should have told me, you're the senior, I would have come to you. If you wanted to accept Islam, there was no need for you to come here. We would have come to you. And the second thing Rasulullah also proposed was, you should consider some hair coloring. You some Hana, you some Khidab. This is really white right here. So his father is a Muslim. Obviously Abu Bakr Saddiqa was Muslim. All of his children were Muslim. And then also his grandchildren were Muslim. And they were Sahaba as well. So not only were the Muslims, they were all Sahaba. Abdullah bin Zubaira, when he was born, his mother presented him to Rasulullah Wasallam, And the Prophet of Allah took the date of Tahniq. Moistened it with his own saliva and then put it into the baby's mouth and made dua And the Sahaba, they say that we desired that, that it was our children that was in the hand of Rasulullah at that moment With the duas that he was giving This was in honor of the grandchildren of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as siddiq His mother's name was Ummul Khair Salma bint Sakhar She also became Muslim in the early days of Islam Her story of Islam is quite a fascinating one And one that shows us how generous Abu Bakr Siddiq was with his gifts. His generosity and kindness. I'm not talking about financial generosity here now. I'm talking about a different type of generosity. His generosity, his kindness, his compassion wasn't limited to the people who studied with him and those that were with him in the community, those that were next to him in the masjid. But it started at home. The riwayah tells us one day... Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an said to the Prophet of Allah, O Messenger of Allah, give me permission to give dawah to the Quraysh. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam granted permission. He stood in an open public space around the Kaaba and began to invite towards Islam. In another riwayah, someone came to Abu Bakr Sadiq and said to him that you need to go to the haram right away. The people are abusing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he went to the Haram right away and he said to the people, Ataqtulun Rajulan Rabbi Allah, that are you accusing, are you hurting this man, abusing this man because he claims to believe in one Allah? Is that his crime? Regardless, when the Quraysh saw him brazenly speak about Islam and be so confident with his faith, they turned their direction towards him and collectively they jumped on him. And they beat him and beat him so badly, there was one man specifically who climbed on the chest of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, took the bottom of his shoe and jammed the heel of his footwear into the face of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu repeatedly. Once they were done with him, the people thought he was going to die. His tribe had to come and save him. And as they were, the, as they were carrying him out of, that, out of the haram, they turned back to the people and they said, we've seen your faces and we saw the people who raised their hand against our clansmen. If he dies, we will come back for blood. He was so badly injured. In one narration, his face was so bruised that they couldn't tell where his nose was. So Abu Bakr Siddiqah was resting. Only Allah knows how much pain he was in. So when he gained consciousness, his father was there, his mother was there, some of the other people. The first person he asks about is Rasulullah. How is the Prophet of Allah? Not concerned about the injuries that he sustained. Not interested in knowing how many fractured bones he has. Whether he's been medicated or not. Whether he'll live or not. Will insurance cover all of this? He's more interested in knowing where is Rasulullah wasallam. what happened to the Prophet of Allah? It's fascinating. The Prophet of Allah grew up without a father, mother or siblings. But in return of all of that, Allah gave the Prophet of Allah Abu Bakr. Who Sometimes was a fatherly figure for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sometimes he was a motherly figure for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Other times he was a brother for Rasulullah sallallahu He was a friend of Rasulullah sallallahu The companion of Rasulullah The deputy of Rasulullah sallallahu the one who Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam turned to when he needed someone to cover, when he needed someone to fill in, and I'll give examples for all of these. Sayyidina Abu Bakr As-Siddiq radiAllahu An, the first person he asks about is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which highlights for us the most important trait in the existence of this man was his unconditional love for the Prophet of Allah. It was unconditional. For many of us, love is very conditional. Our love for Allah is conditional. I will love Allah as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps giving me what I want. If God stops fulfilling my desires, I will no longer love Him and I will walk away. Very entitled. Abu Bakr Siddiq's love for Rasulullah sallallahu wa was unconditional, whether it made sense to him or not. Even if his ego was raging, even if he was very angry in that moment, he knew, all ego aside, always trust the Prophet of Allah, there will be your success. An example of this, at Hudaybiyah, When the Muslims are rejected and deprived of the right to perform Umrah. And the Prophet Wasallam signs a treaty that we are not performing Umrah this year, we are going to head back, we'll come back the next year. The Sahaba are enraged. These are a a, a, a tribal community. These are people who are very comfortable with war, specifically if they are insulted. They're willing to put their lives down. They've done it before for sillier things, and now they're thinking, Oh, Messenger of Allah, we've killed and died on crazy things, and this is for the sake of Allah, standing next to the Prophet of Allah, to the house of Allah. There's no more honorable death than this one. Give us permission, we'll fight and die if we have to. Rasulullah sallam insists everyone out of ihram. Omar is in rage. And he wants to talk to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He has a conversation with Sayyidina Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr Sadiqa an says to him, Trust Allah and his messenger. Trust them." Later on, Umar an would regret that moment. He would regret that doubt. And he would remember that when things got very tough, the loyalty of Abu Bakr was unwavering. This is why who he was. This is why he was who he was. There was no challenge. There was no fear. There was no temptation. There was no curveball in this world that can remove his focus from the heart of Rasulullah and how much he dearly loved this man. It was impossible. So when he wakes up, the first thing he's asking is, how is the Prophet of Allah? Like a parent who's gained consciousness after having a car accident, when they wake up, they don't ask, how am I doing? They say, how's Baba? How was my child that was sitting in the back seat? Tell me about my child. And the doctor says, how about we figure out and what's wrong with you? No, I don't wanna hear what's wrong with me. Tell me how my baby is doing, otherwise I'm out of here. His father was frustrated because he didn't understand Islam, love for the prophet of Allah, had no idea the caliber of Iman that his son had and what a legend he was. He thought his son was crazy and just walked out of there. Mothers are mothers. So she said, I will find a way for you to meet the Prophet of Allah. She accommodates her son to meet Rasulullah. The Prophet, وسلم, when he laid eyes on Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu, and saw how badly he had been beaten, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam began to cry and he kissed his bruise. He kissed his wound. And then he said, Abu Bakr, is there any dua? Like, you've earned it. Is there any dua that could be made for you? He said, oh, Messenger of Allah, my mother is standing outside of this room. She brought me here. She was my path to you. She carried me to you. I'd like for you to make dua to Allah that she becomes Muslim. Rasulullah raises his mubarak hands. And he makes dua for the mother of Abu Bakr-Siddiq. He calls his mother in without a word, said to her, she says herself, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammadan wa Rasul. The generosity of Abu Bakr. That dua could have been his. He could have asked for something for himself, but he was such an amazing human being. He was so selfless that in that moment, rather than calling in a favor for him, for his own well-being, for the individual, he remembers his mother. So his mother, Al Khair, now becomes a companion, and a great uh, and honorable woman in the history of Islam. Many great stories regarding her. Abu Bakr Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, was married to four women. One of them from before Islam, Qut, Qutayla bint Abdul Uzzah, she did not become Muslim, so Abu Bakr an then divorced her. And later on went on to have a total of three wives until he passed away. From his children, the oldest two children were from that first wife, Qutayla. They were Asma and Abdullah. These were the two children that were actually of age and old enough to assist the Prophet of Allah and Abu Bakr Siddiq during the migration. So when we say that there were two children of Abu Bakr that delivered food and delivered the news of the happenings of Makkah Muqarama during that migration, it was these two children. The older two children from Qutayla bint Abdul Uzza. They both became Muslim. anha later on goes to marry Abdullah bin Zubayr and she has multiple children due to certain complications in their marriage that marriage ended and she then lived the rest of her life with her beloved dear son abdullah bin zubair an until he was martyred and then soon after she passed away at a very old age most historians put her over 100 years of age she lived a very you know beautiful life and i love to talk about her but inshallah we'll have a class dedicated to her and then there is Abdullah who participated in the Battle of Ta'if And then from his second wife He had two children Abdurrahman and Aisha Abdurrahman and Aisha were from his second wife Umm Ruman Umm Ruman Aisha عنها, Where do we start talking about her? There will, inshallah, if Allah gives us life and tawfiq, there will definitely be a class dedicated to this legend and giant of Islam. Her brother, Abdurrahman, wasn't too quick on becoming Muslim. He actually hung out with the Quraysh for a bit and came against the Muslims in the Battle of Badr. Later on, Abdurrahman also accepts Islam. And then he had a son, Muhammad. Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. He was the son of Asma bint Umayr radhiyallahu anha. She was previously married to a companion, a great companion, who was martyred in the Battle of Mutah, and thereafter she entered into the marriage of Asma after of, of Abu Bakr radhiyallahu anha. Muhammad bin Abi Bakr uh, was was a great individual. However, during the Fitna. Against Uthman, an. unfortunately, he was persuaded and gave support to the rebels against Uthman. An. Something that later in his life he regretted a lot. Ultimately, he relocated to Egypt and it was there that he um, lived his life, lived the last part of his life. Another fascinating story for another time. And the last of his children is. Habiba bin Khadija, she was a daughter of his. She was actually born after Abu Bakr Siddiq passed away. She was actually born. Sorry, her name was Umar Kulthum. Her mother's name was Habiba bin Khadija. Umar Kulthum was actually born after Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq passed away. When Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu was on his deathbed, he said to his daughter Aisha radiAllahu anha that this is my wealth. This is how you will distribute it among your brothers and sisters. So Aisha radiyallahu anha said, sisters? I have a sister. What do you mean sisters? So at that point, Abu Bakr radiyallahu said, my wife is pregnant, and my heart tells me that it will be a daughter. So take care of her. And she then becomes like a sidekick of Aisha radiallahu anha. Uh, grows up with her, studies with her, is very close to her. And so there, there are a lot of masail here. Can you give inheritance to a child unborn and so on? Was it a wasiyah that he was suggesting, or was it something else? So there is some legal discussion regarding that uh, farewell advice of Abu Bakr Siddiq. Okay, his laqab, the title that he, his honorific title that he went by, was a siddiq Where did this title come from? Abu Bakr As-Siddiq. Where did this title Abu Bakr As-Siddiq come from? Some historians, they say, that it was given to him by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam Why was he given this title by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Ibn Qutaybah says لَقَبَهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ بِذَلِكَ لِجَمَالِ وَجْهِهِ سَمَاهُ النَّبِيُّ صِدِّيقًا That because of the beauty of his face Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called him Siddiq The truthful one In one narration Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam Referred to him as Siddiq because he Accepted and confirmed the story that rasulullah وسلم, the reality nabi sallallahu presented after his return from miraj and because he had no hesitation nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said he is siddiq and that name of his stuff one of his other common names was atiq where did this come from aisha anha was asked lima summiya abu bakr atiqah why was abu bakr siddiq anha, called atiq one day we were with Rasulullah ﷺ, Abu Bakr was there, the Prophet of Allah, turned to Abu Bakr and said, This man is free from the fire of hell. And because he used the word atiq to, uh, to, to convey this message, and it was such an honorable moment, it stuck. And therefore we move forward calling him atiq. And there are other positions about this too. Abu Bakr Siddiq holds many great historical accolades from them he is said to be the first to accept Islam there are those who say that him being the first to accept Islam means the first people the first of people to accept Islam from outside of his family and from the free men because before him there are people who accepted Islam we have Khadija we have Ali we have Zaid bin Haritha Abu Bakr an is viewed as the first person outside of the household of Rasulullah to accept Islam. Similarly, Ibn Abbas عنه, says the first person to pray Salah was Sayyidina Abu Bakr an after Rasulullah Sallallahu Abu Bakr. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as Siddiq radiallahu anhu really sacrificed it all for the Prophet. He really sacrificed it all for the deen. When he became Muslim, Islam wasn't just for him. His Islam was to be an extension of the Prophet of Allah. So the concern, the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu became his. And this is the muqtada of muhabba, that when a person says that I love someone, that person's goals and objectives, that person's life, then gets extended over to you. And this is what you'll see in some students, that they're able to go very far. How How are those students able to go so far in reality? It's based off of a relationship they had with the teacher who came before, who instilled in their heart the foundation that was needed for them to go that far, these people are continuing a journey that was started by someone else before them. But they're not starting from zero. There's someone that's giving them like 99% of everything they need. And these people are now piecing it together. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving them tawfiq. And you see the likes of Imam An-Nawawi, rahmatullahi a'lai. You see the likes of Salahuddin Ayyubi you know, in the, in, in, in the uh, political and also in the, in, in the army branch of Islam. You see the likes of Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali. These guys are all protégés of greater people who came before them, who helped develop them. And these are by their own statements. And Abu Bakr an was a protégé of Rasulullah wasallam. He was a continuation of that legacy. Everything about the Prophet wasallam was dear and important to him. One time, Nabi alaihi wasallam. He saw Abu Bakr and next to them was Hassan Min Thabit. Radiallahu an. So the Prophet asked Hassan bin Thabit, radiallahu an, the poet of the Prophet of Allah, Hal qulta abi bakr Is there any poetry that you've composed regarding my buddy over here, Abu Bakr? Naam. He said, Yes. So Rasulullah said, Qul, asma'. So read the lines of poetry so I can also enjoy them. "Fakala The second of the two in this beautiful, gracious cave they were in. And the enemy roamed around the two of them after they had climbed the mountain. He was the second of the two in the cave with the Prophet of Allah after they had climbed the mountain and the enemies were searching for them. He was the beloved of the Prophet of Allah and everyone knew it. He was the beloved of the Prophet of Allah. And everyone knew it alimu min <الْبَرِيَّة> Everyone knew it Lam yadil bihi رجلا No man can ever equate to or equal to Sayyidina Abu Bakr as فَضَحِكَ Rasulullah الله, اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ حَتَّى بَدَتْ نَوَاجِلُهُ when Nabi heard these words About his number two, about his buddy and friend His father-in-law He then smiled until his teeth were visible ثُمَّ قَالَ صَدَقْتَ يَا حَسَّانِ هُوَ كَمَا قُلْتَ Hassan, there was no exaggeration in your words. He is just as you said. No man can equal to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. During the campaign of Tabuk, the Prophet sallam engaged in one of the most epic fundraising campaigns because they were up against the Romans. So this was a big deal. And the journey to the Romans was not across a mountain or through a few valleys. It was all the way up north. They were crossing ground and it was, it was rough terrain they were going to cover. And the season was very, very hot. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to it as al-usra. That it was a tough moment for them. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi before they went on the campaign, he told the companions to give. So everyone went home and they started bringing... Umar radiallahu anhu, narrates a story. He says, Imam Abu Dawood alayhi narrates this specific riwayah in his kitab al Zakat, because it's about giving. And Umar ibn al-Khattawu Amarana Allah, alayhi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, anna tasaddaqa, F- fawafqa thalika manan andi. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us to donate. At that moment, I coincidentally had money. I actually had some money in my account. So I thought to myself, faqultu, al-yawma asbiqu aba Bakr in yawma. If there's any day in my life I'm going to beat this guy, it's going to be today. Because I have money, I have cash. And I'm going to walk in without money, and I'm going to beat him. فَجِئْتُ So much money, I picked up half of it and delivered it to Rasulullah فَقَالَ لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ مَا أَبْقَيْتَ لِأَهْلِكَ The Prophet of Allah said to me, what did you leave behind? قُلْتُ مِثْلَهُ the equivalent of what I'm presenting to you is at home. So people at home are good. Here's half of my wealth. Wa ata Abu Bakrin bi kulli ma indahu. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu an came with everything he had. فَقَالَ لَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَا أَبْقَيْتَ لِأَهْلِكَ What did you leave behind? فَقَالَ أَبْقَيْتُ لَهُم Allah wa Rasulah I left behind for them Allah and His Rasul What does that mean? I left behind for them Allah and His Rasul I taught my, my family a lesson That when it comes to answering the call of the Prophet of Allah We give everything and we trust Allah and His Messenger I taught them the lesson That there are no limits, there are no boundaries When it comes to expressing your love for Allah and His Messenger Those who claim to love the Prophet of Allah in today's world will need to take a lesson from Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And if that's hard for you, look around you and just look at how much the people who hate the Prophet of Allah hate him, how far they're willing to go, the sacrifices they're willing to make, the money they're willing to give to express their love, at least learn to love the Prophet of Allah from his haters. Match them at least. If you can't reach Abu Bakr Siddiq at least look at the people who hate the Prophet of Allah. They're willing to troll non-stop. They're willing to be in every comment section. They're like bedbugs. They show up everywhere. You can look at a a message on social media, online that praises the Prophet of Allah and there is a guarantee what's going to happen. One of these bedbugs are going to be there. Just sucking the blood out of people. right? Just hating and spewing their hate. One of my friends who was very much involved in YouTube, you know, content creating, all these things. He was telling me that he had access to uh, extensive stats on marketing uh, on the back end of different organizations, companies, and different groups, non-for-profits and for-profits that were dumping money into marketing. And he said that the Muslims are nowhere near even a fraction of the the anti-Muslim lobby that's out there. They pour in millions of dollars, millions. I think it was a 20, 30 million dollars every year for anti-Islamic content. That's how much they hate Islam and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Where are Muslims gone? We're spending money, by the way. We're spending millions of dollars as an ummah, but on weddings. We're spending millions of dollars collectively on ribs, on tacos, on pizza, on clothes, Am I wrong? If the Muslim ummah is broke and we don't have money, then you guys tell me, sheik we're actually broke. That's why we can't do it. No, that's not the case. We're buying $100 million paintings. Someone did that. you know. We're traveling to European countries and instead of stepping out of the plane like normal human beings, we're flying in escalating stairs to bring us down. Right? Because we can. We're doing silly and dumb things. We're, we're, we're taking in our, in our palaces... We have toilets made of gold. I'm referring to real incidents. None of these are hypotheticals, by the way. These are all real things that unfortunately people have done who have lost their aqal and have no brain left. This is what's happening. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiqui gave everything. One Urdu poet, he said, Kisina sal ne nisf نسف but Aisha ke nam ke kesiwa tha ke That he's saying that when it came time to give, someone gave this, someone gave that. But when it came time for Aisha's father, Aisha, Radiallahu Anha's father, khuda kesiwa, kesi jo tha ke dardiya. That he gave everything other than the name of Allah. He brought all of his possessions and deposited it in front of Rasulullah. So Abu Bakr Siddiq Umradiallahuan. He then said, Fakultu la usa ila shayyin Abada, I will not compete with you again. This competition thing that I had in my mind that I need to compete with Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahuan, we're going to put this one to sleep. We'll focus on other things in life. But there is no competing with Sayyidina Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu. An. Abu Bakr Siddiq was the all time investor. All time. I'm telling you, Warren Buffett, nothing. I'm telling you, nothing. This is the real deal. Abu Bakr Siddiq wasn't into buying stocks. He didn't buy of machines and set them all over the state. That's not what he did. He invested in people. Bilal is buried in rocks. Madfunun fil hijara as the scholars describe that moment. Not literally, but it's a description, right? He's buried in rocks, being tortured. And Abu Bakr Siddiq Allah purchases him. And the seller says, had you agreed to a price less than that, I would have given it to you. Because he, Bilal had no value in my eyes. And Abu Bakr Siddiq says, had you asked for a hundred times more, I would have given it to you because he has nothing but value in my eyes. Now this Bilal radiallahu like the one who set him free becomes the number two of Rasulullah sallallahu All of them, all of the people that he brings into Islam, become the immediate circle of the Prophet of Allah. Ten of the from the ten who were promised paradise by Rasulullah sallallahu five of them became Muslim at the hands of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu an. Imagine the sadaqah, jaria that this man created, and this shows us to invest in people. Find people around you, inspire them. This is a part of that legacy of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu that they were created by a great person, so they then used what they have learned from Rasulullah to create great people as well. The ulama, they write that Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an never consumed alcohol even prior to Islam. He is referred to as the first person, He was the first person to deliberately cause himself to vomit because he doubted that he had consumed something haram. One of his servants gave him milk. He forgot to ask where the money came from for this milk. Later on, when he inquired, he found out it was due to some dubious actions that this person had engaged in prior to Islam. He was doing some fortune-telling business. So there was a delayed payment. That guy just got paid, and he gave that milk to Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr, Mm Siddiqui, a.m., he put his fingers on his throat and vomited it out. He did not want any impurity in his body. His personal taqwa. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu was so particular that even Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would tell the companions not to have their pants under their ankles. And Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu would spend most of his time just pulling his pants up again and again. And they wouldn't stick because his waistline was quite slim. Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi alayhi narrates the hadith. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, That you are not one of the people that show off, let it be. And this is where Imam Nawawi rahmatullahi alayhi and Imam Bukhari and other scholars deduced that the prohibition of having garments under the ankles is due to arrogance. Because the Prophet of Allah said, This prohibition only applies to men, by the way. With that said, majority of the muhadithun and Fuqaha say it is not connected to that. Right? They say that it is an general huqum, it is a general hukum. That Nabi forbade having garments hanging under the ankles. Sayyidina Abu Bakr An participated in all the battles alongside Rasulullah وسلم, Right from Badr. And he was someone that when he fought in the battle, it wasn't so much about him fighting for himself. He fought in the battle to defend Rasulullah sallam. Someone asked Ali An, Who was more courageous, you or Abu Bakr? What a weird question. Who is more courageous, you or Abu Bakr? People love comparing, right? Messi or Ronaldo. So he asked him, "Who was more courageous, you or Abu Bakr? So he said, Abu Bakr by far. In the Battle of Badr, each person was fighting to defend himself. Abu Bakr, Siddiq, one was only fighting for the messenger of Allah. That's all he did. Just protecting the Prophet وسلم, wherever the Messenger of Allah went in the battlefield, like a shadow, Abu Bakr Siddiq an followed him there. When the Prophet وسلم, would see Abu Bakr and see that Abu Bakr was sad, the Prophet of Allah would intervene to see how he can solve the problem of Abu Bakr Siddiq an. Abu radiAllahu an narrates, this is such a beautiful narration from Imam Bukhari alaihi. Kitab Abu Darda narrates that one day I was sitting with the Prophet wasalam, and in front of us Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu rushed by holding his garment and he was holding his garment in a way that a part of his leg was hatta abda' an rukbatihi a part of his leg was exposed. Nabi sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam faqad ghamir the Prophet of Allah said this man is occupied something's consuming him something's on his mind. So Abu Bakr Sidik came to the Prophet of Allah and he gave salam. وبيني وبيني I had a dispute with Umar radiallahuan. Abu Bakr siddiq عنه, in dispute with Umar radiallahuan. It's quite epic. For Asratu Alehi, I said some things. ثُمَّ nadimtu. Then I regretted it. Now one thing I'll tell you about Abu Bakr Siddiq عنه, if you messed with him, he would give it to you. Abu Bakr Siddiq عنه, was knowing that he would say what was on his mind. People would assume because he was thinner in his frame that you know maybe he wouldn't have a voice, no. He himself said, he held his tongue and said, Hadha he held his tongue and said, you got me in a lot of trouble. And this statement of his is a result of certain incidents that happened in his life where he lashed out. He got angry and he said things. And I can give you a list of moments where he, where he said things that you know, Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reprimanded him on it. The amazing thing about him was that where he would get angry, Sari'ul ghadab, I won't call him sari' ghadab but where he would get angry, he would cool down quickly too. One time... There's a list of these incidents, by the way. If you study hadith, you'll see them, and I find them beautiful. I don't think there's any aib or any sort of uh, flaw that these narrations point out in Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. They actually show his beauty, that he who he was and how he was so, how how he controlled himself too. One time, for example, Rasulullah sallallahu was passing by and Sayyidina Abu Bakr radhiyallahu was reprimanding one of his servants, and he was giving it to the guy, like he was giving it to that to the servant. So sallam said, "Ala anun wasiddiqun? How do these two things exist at once? That you're using such harsh words when talking to your servant, and we call you Siddiq at the same time? So Abu Bakr Siddiq الله, immediately, he freed that slave and he did Tawbah to Allah. Similarly, the ayah of the Quran, was a result of him getting really upset with Mistah. Because Mistah was involved in the accusation, he got really angry and said, I will not see your face again And I will not give you a penny again And Allah comes in to Correct Abu Bakr Sadiq Take it out a few notches You're someone of honor and virtue This is not how you deal with people Be kind, be forgiving So Abu Bakr Sadiq Similarly The riwayah of Aisha and losing her necklace I said I won't share any And here we go Aisha radiallahu anha losing her necklace and the army was held back and they almost missed salah. And there was no ayah of tayammum at the time so people were freaking out like what about salah, what about salah? And the Prophet is lying against Aisha radiallahu anha arresting and Abu Bakr Siddiq is poking her in her side saying because of you. I'm, this is what the riwayah says. He was poking her in her side repeatedly. <laughs> Hamoudi is enjoying it. <laughs> his baba does that to him. he's always poking him so <laughs> oh, I love this riwayah because when Nabi ﷺ woke up and then shared with them that the ayat of tayammum were revealed Abu Bakr Siddiq the Allah wasn't embracing her <laughs> and the Prophet of Allah said this is not the first gift of the family of Abu Bakr to this ummah you've given us many gifts and here's another one عَلَيْهِ عَلَيْهِ I, be, I went at him. ثُمَّ لدمت. And then I regretted what I said. Then I said to Umar, Umar, man, I kind of messed up, said things I shouldn't have said. Why don't you forgive me? What did Umar the an say? No. I'm not going to forgive you. فأقبلتوا إليكوا مессون ربي الله. I don't know what to do now. قال يغفر الله ولك يا أبو بكر. The Prophet of Allah made du'a after Abu Bakr. Allah will forgive you. ثلاثاً. He said the statement repeatedly. ثم inna عمر Nadima. Then Omar felt bad. Man, I shouldn't have said no to him. He is Abu Bakr after all. فأتا منزل أبي بكر. He went to go look for Abu Bakr Siddiq of the Allah One. فسأل أثمه أثمه أبو بكر. فقالوا لا. He asked Is Abu Bakr there. They said no. فَأَتَا إِلَى النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم Umar رضي الله عنه comes to the Prophet of Allah It's fascinating when people can't find people And when they're struggling They go like a magnet to Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم When he goes there To the gathering of the Prophet of Allah Abu Bakr is already sitting there فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ He gives salam to the Prophet فَجَعَلَ وَجْهُ nabi مَعَرَ He said in that moment he noticed the Prophet wasn't happy he said, "Salam to the Prophet." The Prophet wasn't happy. So the Prophet of Allah then spoke. When I, Allah sent me as a prophet to the people of Makkah. When I came to you people and I said, "Believe in Allah," some of you rejected me. Looking right at Omar. Some of you rejected me And it was Abu Bakr who stood by my side You think I'll ever forget that? That he stood by me when no one trusted me? That he believed me at that time? wa <coughs> Malihi, And he made me an equal in his wealth and in his own life He invited me in فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ تَارِكُوا Are you just going to abandon my companion like this? Are you going to say that you refuse to forgive him and hold him accountable on the day of judgment? You're going to hold Abu Bakr accountable? This one right here? The one that stood by my side? After that day, no one messed with Abu Bakr Siddiq. No one went near him, no one said a word because they knew <laughs> whoever has harmed the companion of the Prophet of Allah has made an attempt to harm the Prophet of Allah, and whoever tries to harm the Prophet of Allah. Has attempted to harm Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And that is something you don't want to do. There was a dispute that happened in the tribe of Amr bin Auf, Bani Amr bin Auf. The Prophet of Allah found out. So after Dhuhr Salah, he went to the tribe, to reconcile between the tribe and solve their matter. وَقَالَ يَا بِلَالَ إِنْ حَضْرَتِ الصَّلَاةُ وَلَمْ آتِي فَمُرْعَ بَا بَكَرْ فليصلي بِالنَّاسِ If I don't make it back in time for Asr, and it's prayer time, tell Abu Bakr to lead. فَلَمَّا أَنْ حَضْرَتِ الصَّلَاةُ أَقَامَ بِلَالَ الْعَصْرِ So, Salatime came, Bilal radiallahu anh gave the Adhan, he called the Iqama, he told Abu Bakr to lead. Abu Bakr Siddiqui radiallahu anh started the prayer, and the Prophet of Allah came. When the Nabi sallallahu came. The Prophet of Allah he cut through all the sufuf and went right to the front. The narrator of the hadith says that Abu Bakr the Allah was a person that when he prayed salah, he would not turn left or right no matter what was happening. They actually describe his salah and they say it was like a, a wood planted in the ground. There was no movement, he was just zoned out in a whole different world. So while he's there praying, the people started doing tasfih. Tasfih. The rawi of the hadith, he then asked the companions that he was narrating it to, do you know what tasfih is? And they said no. And he said tasfih. Basically, people started making this noise. They started clapping their hands like this. Abu Bakr Siddiqah was not paying attention to any of it. He didn't turn back. But when they kept going, when they, رضتصفيح, when they kept going again and again, tasfih, sorry. iltafata. He turned back a little to see, why are they making this noise? an Khalfahu. He then saw the Prophet of Allah standing behind him. So he began to move back naturally. My friends, this is Adab and Ihtiram. For those of you who don't understand, why is he moving back after he was told, we're projecting ourselves onto these people because we love the limelight and we love leadership positions. If you were giving a bayan and a shaykh walked in, you would make sure that sheikh sits in the back stuff, and then you would tune up your bayan. I'm now going to use Fasih al If you're starting salaam from the corner of your eye, you see a, a senior sheikh walked in. The young guy in today's world, what does he do? He quickly turns forward and says, Allahu Akbar. He doesn't stop his salah and think to himself that I should offer this position of leadership to the senior who is there. Because we are. Musalla hungry people. We are mimbar hungry people. We are mike hungry people. But Abu Bakr was developed by the Prophet of Allah. You can only imagine his adab ihtiram, how gentle he was. He begins to move back. The Prophet of Allah, Auma ilihi rasulullah biyadihi an amdhihi. Nabi Sallallahu said, Stay there. Abu Bakr Siddiq allah anhuan slowly kept moving back slowly, one step at a time, he kept moving back. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when Nabi saw that he wasn't taking it, Abu Bakr wasn't going to stay there. He went forward himself. bin and the Prophet of Allah continued his prayer. After Salah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, why did you not continue? When I told you to stay there." So he said, O Messenger of Allah, the son of Abu Quhafa would never dare to lead the Messenger of Allah. The son of Abu Quhafa would never dare lead while the Prophet of Allah is behind him. And then Nabi was so the Prophet of Allah understood. عدد His disobedience was not disobedience. He just couldn't bear the weight. Of the audacity Of standing in front of the Prophet of Allah وسلم, In salah, so he moves back And then Nabi wa Turns his attention to the men And this is where the riwayah is Beautiful as well The Prophet of Allah says to the guys, why were you guys clapping? Nabi sallallahu sallam says Why were you guys clapping in salat? Nabi s.a.w. says that if the imam makes a mistake or something occurs in salah, the men should say, subhanallah. This is the correction. Glorified is Allah from this mistake. People start saying, Allahu Akbar. That's wrong. People start saying, alhamdulillah. That is also wrong. Nabi Wasallam says, what should you say? Subhanallah. Glorified. Allah is pure of this mistake that this guy is doing right now. Allah is pure of it. You Yusabbeh. And then as for the women... Because they are further away, they will use the hand clap because the sound can then easily go further. When the Prophet was in his final illness and needed a replacement to pray in his place, the Prophet of Allah chose Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. In his final sermon, the Prophet of Allah said, Ma nafa'ani malun qattu ma nafa'ani malu Abi Bakr. That no wealth ever benefited me as much as the wealth of Abu Bakr. He gave me and gave me and gave me, and there is no match to how much Abu Bakr gave. Some narrations tell us that when he became Muslim, he had 40,000 coins. So much money. And when he passes away, he leaves behind nothing. His remains were presented to Omar رضي an, and Umar رضي an started crying. And he said, Abu Bakr, you've made following you too difficult. How will we ever live up to your standards? How will we ever step where you've walked? Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu anhu, when he heard the Prophet of Allah saying that no wealth has benefited me as much as the wealth of Abu Bakr, according to the of Imam Ahmad narrated by Abu Hurairah radiAllahu anhu, he said the Prophet. He said Abu Bakr said, ana wa illa Rasulullah." You keep saying that I gave, I gave. Why else did Allah give me life and wealth if it wasn't for you? This is mission. This is an objective. This is a goal. This is what this series is about. This series is about stepping out of our meaningless, numb lives and taking a peek into the lives of people that actually lived, whose name was elevated by Allah, not based off of their individual merit like secular societies and capitalist societies promote, They became something because they hitched themselves to something greater. They weren't interested in building their own legacy. That's such a meaningless pardon me, dumb thing to do. You connect yourself to people who Allah is pleased with. This is a tradition. And the noor that penetrated their heart will then reach yours. Because no one here has the Energy or strength to push this carriage along In reality, it is all powered through revelation So anyone that connects themselves to that model of revelation Of wahi, the Quran and Sunnah Will be dragged along And any cart that thinks that I can disconnect myself from from this chain And I'll figure myself out Without wahi, it is impossible Without this revelation, that could never happen There are one or two narrations I'd like to share before we wrap up. When Rasulullah passed away, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq wasn't there. That morning he led the Fajr prayer and the Prophet of Allah saw him leading and smiled at him. And then after prayer, he went to the Prophet of Allah and said that I'd like to go visit my wife who lives outside of Medina, haven't gone for a few days, the Prophet of Allah said, go. While he was visiting his wife, the Prophet's health deteriorated. When the news reached Abu Bakr Siddiqah that the Prophet of Allah passed away in absolute disbelief, shocked, his earth had just cracked open. He mounted his horse and rushed to Medina Munawwara in hope that it was all just some rumor. He entered into the mosque of Rasulullah and saw a man lying. He entered into the house of Aisha and he saw a man lying in the middle covered in a Yemeni sheet. And the people around were silently sobbing. So he slowly, calmly walked towards the Prophet of Allah and sat next to him and removed the sheet from the Prophet's face and began to profusely cry. His best friend had just left him. The purpose of his life, the individual who gave him meaning, who taught him to become this great legend he was, the one who calmed him in his time of anger, the one who made him smile, the one who praised him, the one who empowered him. The one who joked with him and taught him dream interpretation. His travel buddy. His war buddy. Everyone knew that when the Prophet was sad, he would go to Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr had a charm and he would cheer up Rasulullah. You can just see all those memories flooding his mind. So he leans forward and he kisses Rasulullah Wasallam, on the forehead. And then he says, You were so pure and amazing when you were alive. And today as you lie here, passed away, you've lost nothing of that purity and that awesomeness. You will always be loved. Anyone that carries this blood of Iman in their veins will have no choice but to love you because you are so lovable. I thought about this a lot, personally. Why is it that Abu Bakr is by the side of the Prophet of Allah the entire life? The whole Sira, where I started, is, is connected. But when it comes to death, they are separated. I couldn't make sense out of this for my life. Wallahi, I couldn't. I can't tell you how long I sat and thought about this. How did this happen? Obviously, it's the of Allah, the command of Allah, but what's the wisdom here? Allah knows best. But one thought that occurred to me is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu from the equation for that last part of the Prophet's life, because it's possible that had Abu Bakr seen it, he would have died with the Prophet of Allah. Some pains are too difficult to bear. So Abu Bakr leaves the equation and then he is replaced by his number two, Aisha radiallahu anha. She finishes off what her baba started. And she gives the farewell to Rasulullah sallallahu Holding him by her chest with her saliva and his mouth while the Prophet of Allah is lying in her home. And why I say this is because later on, two years later when Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu passes away, Umar, Ibn Umar عنه, narrates, he says that Abu Bakr's death was actually caused by the death of Rasulullah. It was the gum that consumed him. There is a second opinion that he was poisoned, and a third opinion that he took a shower on a cold morning, which resulted in an illness. And all of these things are possible. You know, there could be an ex- external pneumonia, cold that he picked up, but in his heart there was no doubt. There, there's a riwayah that one time Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu was walking during his khilafa and he saw Omar radiallahuan and he said, Umar, what are you doing walking here all alone? What are you thinking about? So Umar radiallahu said the same thing we all think about. How amazing the Prophet was and how much we miss him. So the two of them sat together and cried. End of riwayah. That's just it. This is how their days were spent remembering Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. Two sermons of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu Number one. When he becomes Khalifa, and there are some very interesting incidents that precede the moment of him becoming Khalifa. But we'll leave those for today. When Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu is appointed as Khalifa, he gives this beautiful, amazing speech. And I wanted to share that narration with you. He said, أَمَّا بَعْضٍ فَإِنِّي وُلِّيتُ هَذَا الْأَمْرِ وَأَنَا لَهُ كَارِهٌ I was appointed to be Khalifa, I had no desire to be Khalifa وَاللَّهِ لَا وَجِدْتُ أَنَّ بَعْضَكُمْ كَفَانِيهِ I wish some of you had spared me Again looking at Abu Bakr, Umar رضي الله عنه Like because Umar رضي الله عنه had a big hand in Abu Bakr Siddiq رضي الله عنه being appointed as the Khalifa أَلَا وَإِنَّكُمْ إِنْ كَلَّفْتُمُونِي أَنْ Amala. فيكم مثل عمل رسول الله لم If you tell me to be the same as a prophet of Allah with you, I will be incapable. I cannot do that. I can't do it. I'm going to fail. He had a revelation. I'm not but a human being. I am not better than any one of you. His humility. How humble he is. فَرَعُونِي So look over me. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمُونِي إِسْتَقَمْتُ فَاتَّبِعُونِي So when you see me do something right, then walk behind me. And if you see me deviate, فَقَوِّمُونِي Then correct me. وَعَلَمُوا أَنَّ لِي الشَّيْطَانًا يَعْتَرِينِي فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمُونِي غَضَبْتُ I told you guys. Right? Sometimes I get a little angry. So, if you see me get angry, walk away. And in in another one of his lectures, he said that I will stand by the one that is weak and stand against the one. Stand by the one that is weak if he is oppressed. And stand against the strong if he is the oppressor. The second sermon of his that I wanted to share with you, which is beautiful, when Abu Bakr Siddiq was on his deathbed, he called Omar. For his final advice to his successor, who would now stand in his place. He said, Ittaqillahi ya Umar. Umar, be conscious of Allah. He's 63 years old now, Abu Bakr Siddiq, tired and exhausted. Migration, battles, wars, working his entire life. Now he's getting ready to depart this dunya, and he's handing over this flag to his successor, Umar. So he calls him nearby, and he says to him, Be mindful of Allah Umar, and know, أن, أن There are some deeds that are need to be performed during the day that are not meant for the night. And then there are de- deeds that are meant to be performed during the night that are not for the day. And Allah subhanahu, وَأَنَّهُ لَا يَقْبِلُ نَافِلَةً حَتَّى تُؤَدَّ فَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept your voluntary acts until first and foremost you are fulfilling the obligatory ones. That those who find their scale heavy on the day of judgment will be because they follow the truth in the world. This is the advice you give to leaders of the world. This is how justice exists. You want success in the hereafter, be just in the world. And those who will find their scale light on the Day of Judgment, it will be because they followed evil and falsehood while they were alive. ميزان يُوضَعَ فيه الباطل أن يكون خفيفة. And that scale that is light on the Day of Judgment, because you did not put good into it, deserves to be light and don't regret it that day because you messed up while you were in the dunya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O Omar has listed the people of Jannah with their good deeds. So when you read it, say to yourself that I fear I may not be one of them. This will save you from being too comfortable. And in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the people of the fire of hell and tells us of their evil deeds. So hope that you are not one of them as well. This is where your hope comes into place. If you live like this, فَإِنْ أَنْتَ حفظت وصيتي if you live by my advice, the unseen, the one that is on its way to you, death will be beloved to you. And if you go against my advice, then death will come to you and you will not be ready for it. It will consume you. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq رضي الله عنه, passed away in the month of Jamada al-Akhirah uh, at the age of 63 years old. His wife Asma رضي الله عنها, washed his body. He was buried next to Rasulullah. Sayyidina Umar, radiallahu an, the great giant Amir al Mu'mineen, led his Janaza prayer. And when he was lowered into the grave, his son Abdurrahman, along with Umar, radiallahu an, Uthman, radiallahu an, and Talha bin Ubaidullah, lowered this legend into his grave. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resurrect us in the company of the righteous and allow us to follow their footsteps. May He grant the full reward to Abu Bakr for his loyalty and sacrifice. وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته